I have two people lined up to give a testimony of how the Lord has blessed them through camp, but only one of them is here, and I'll call him up in just a moment. But I also want to just give you a chance, if you'd like to share a word about how the Lord has blessed you through camp ministry, uh, after Ron shares his testimony, you can come forward and share yours. Ron, do you want to come up and share with us? I guess my camping experience began when I was in seventh grade. My dad was a professor at uh, Aurora University, and we would go to summer camps all through the summer, traveling all over the country. And as he would speak, I'd be a camper. Whether I wanted to be there or not, I was there. But it, it just kind of became a part of me, and matter of fact, became later to, to find a better part of my ministry. But the turning point for me, actually, to not only embrace camp, but to embrace ministry itself, happened at a little camp up in Maine called Washington Campground. I was traveling for Aurora College at the time, representing the school, and while I was in college, I was preparing to be an architect. I was working on a pre-engineering degree, and I was going out to these camps trying to recruit kids to come to the university. And it was uh, two weeks at this particular camp, and it was the middle of the second week that I really felt that uh, the Lord was calling me into the ministry, but I had no idea what that meant. I mean, youth ministry, pastoral ministry, whatever, but I just knew it was ministry. So it was after the campfire service that I, I met with Dr. Sid Bradley. I said, uh, Sid, I think the Lord's calling me in the ministry, and I, I need to talk to my dad. And he says, well, there's a, there's a telephone in, in the dining room, and you can go call your dad. Well, when I walked in the dining room, you won't believe this, but it was one of those old crank phones with the thing you put to your ear and you talk in the little speaker, you know. So I'm cranking on the wall trying to get my dad, and finally he answers, and I'm talking to dad, and he says, I can't hear you. I keep on drifting away from the phone, you know. So finally I focus on what I'm trying to say to dad, and I said, Dad, I think the Lord has called me to the ministry. And his response uh, was simply this. That's wonderful, son, but if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. And it didn't really register with me what that meant until you really get into ministry. And from that day forward, I've been in the kitchen for 47 years. Okay, no pressure, but would anybody else like to share? And I won't, oh, a handsome young man in the front row. Well, the first time I went to camp, I didn't really know what it was. It was just some campground that a lot of teenagers and kids much older than me were on. And so my dad kind of persuaded me to go up there. And so I just got out and I got my stuff and... I got into my room, and I met these two kids that were on a scrawny old bunk bed. One had a rat tail, and one had short hair. And their names were Robert and Landon, and those were probably the first friends I ever met at camp. And so we just kind of went around with the breakfast and all, and I feel like the Lord called me to go there. So I've been going there for about, about two years, and I'm probably going this year. Thank you. 
Um, I grew up going to Camp Kovac in Millboro, Virginia. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a great place. Um, started at eight years old, and that summer I accepted the Lord there. Um, and went back every single summer since, with the exception of, um, you know, after college. Um, so I was a CIT and a counselor, and I am one of those, like, really annoying camp people. Like, I'm doing these motions not because I know it engages children and, like, and it's good for them. I do them because I love it. Like, it's, uh, it's beautiful. I love the, um, the freedom that comes at camp and the kind of the goofy and silly things we do. Um, I don't go to camp now because I love Capture the Flag like I did as a kid. Um, those fun things um, are an important part of it. You know, kids need to get together and play. And bless the Lord, there is no Wi-Fi. It's such a good thing. Um, they, need to, they need to play and get out energy and, and have people just provide those things for them. Um, having fun, though, of course, is not the ultimate goal of camp. Um, it really is advancing the kingdom. And I could, I'm like Meredith, I could tell you story after story after story of what God has done because people have chosen to set aside time to come away from the world and dedicate time um, either to serve or just to attend, but to be in the Lord's presence worshiping together for a week or maybe even more. I know um, in college I would spend, you know, six whole weeks at a Kovac uh, serving. Um, which brings me to what I really want to kind of just share briefly. Um, as an adult going back to camp, um, it's maybe even more precious and beautiful to me now in my 30s than it was when I was 10 because I have a better understanding of what's really happening amid all that fun. And it is precious and it is beautiful. In the summer of 2005, it was in May, um, Chris and I had twin baby boys, and they only lived a few minutes, and we buried them. That was hard. Um, That June, when it was time for camp, I ran away from home (laughs) and went and stayed at camp um, for four weeks. And I just worked. I I cleaned dishes, and I scrubbed toilets, and I, um, you know, hugged on kids. And I even ended up being a counselor for one week when someone had to back out at the last minute. And... That experience, just having a place to run to, a place where um, I could be busy doing things that were good, helped me understand something about all the years of camp that had come before. Camp was God's tool for preparing me for what I needed to face in my life. It was a way that he um, helped me to grow closer to him, to convict me and refine me but to help me know him better. And this experience was no different. I got to just love on these kids while the Lord loved on me, and then I was ready to go back home and figure out this new normal that we needed to find. Um, And I encourage you, you are not too old to go help at camp. You are not too old to do these goofy motions. If you can uh, lay out some frozen biscuits on a tray and stick those in the oven, you can help at camp. If you could scrub a toilet, oh, they would love to have you help at camp. (laughs) Okay, so consider um, not only um, what you can give financially, those gifts are precious and they are needed, but show up. Be a part of the fun. Invest in these kids and and in the, the teenage staff that are there too because they're still growing. Cover them in prayer and be a part of the ministry. It will bless you. Oh, it's good. So thank you.
<laughs> Take as long as you'd like. Um, some of you don't know us very well, but Steve and I um, have been married for 38 years. And I didn't grow up in the Advent Christian Church. I grew up in a little evangelical free church and then Hope Church in Lenox, Massachusetts. And I went to a camp all when I was growing up. And, of course, at the same time, Steve was going to a camp growing up in the Advent Christian Church. And then we met at Berkshire and married. And, of course, we got married on June 16th, which is smack dab in the middle of the summer. So I always giggle at people who make these big deals out of their anniversaries. And they go on cruises for their anniversaries. And they do. Well, probably for the first 12 anniversaries, I didn't, we weren't even together. Because <laughs> one of us was at camp. So <laughs> it's really, so camp is, camp to us is just part of our lives. We and, and now that we've gotten older, we don't participate just quite as much. But I did get conned into cooking at family camp <laughs> at Blowing Rock this summer. So if anybody wants to come help me, <laughs> please volunteer. But um, we did camp, and, and to my children, it was in, important. It's just a time. We even had, um, we even, during the summer, we would have special suitcases just filled with summer camp stuff. Um, Steve, who is the executive director of the nomination who always sort of looks pretty proper now well he would wear these hysterical shark pants and we would just have it would be fun to prepare ourselves for camp because we could go find silly things to wear and we became you didn't really become different people but you were allowed to to do things that you didn't normally do on your regular daily lives and um you know steve has been to many many camps we've done camp swanee and camp georgia lina and we have just been so blessed we even went to camp washington one time and um, we've just been so blessed to be at a lot of different camps and um you know most of our camping experiences at camp dixie which is sort of luxurious compared to most camps so you know i grew up going to a camp that was pretty nice and then camp dixie and then we went down to georgia lina one summer and it was like there's no air conditioning. <laughs> so, so it, but it is a time that is so special. And I, I, don't, I don't think there's anybody who goes to a camp that can come away the same as when they got there. And it's just such an important time. It's just, it's just a fabulous time. Thank you. And I think I speak for everyone when I say that you and Steve can wear your shark pants any <laughs> Sunday <laughs> well, as you know, my father's a minister, so I guess I started my camp experience in Clinton in West Virginia to Camp Whitney, but I was only probably six years old, maybe five, and Dad was going to be the evangelist at Whitney, and I knew he'd be gone every night for a week, and I begged him, I said, please let me go to camp with you. He said, Sandra? There's nowhere for you to sleep. You're too young to be in camp. And he, I, he said, you'd have to sleep in my bed. And I said, well, I can do that. And he said, but you kick all night. I cannot, I've got to have my rest if I'm going to be speaking and the demands of camp. I said, please, Dad, please let me go with you. So he finally agreed. And I remember praying so hard that night. <clears throat> and I got up the next morning. He said, Sandy, you didn't kick me one time. <clears throat> and I said, Dad, I really pray. And that was my first experience with camp. But then, to tell you how important it is to support this ministry, in the meantime, as I grew up, 
my cousins lived in Charleston, West Virginia, and we'd go to Camp Whitney. Well, Dad and Mom moved to Lenore, North Carolina. And when it was camp time, I got through with Whitney, and we wanted to go to GA, which was in Blowing Rock. And Dad said, well, honey, I don't have any money. I said, well, what do you mean you don't have any money? I can't get the GA. He said, well, you're going to have to raise the money. So I got a job, and I'm only like 12. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean? So we babysat that summer or in between the camps trying to raise money. And I'm telling you, I've got some stories about those babysitting stories I'm not going to go into. But we had to raise the money to try to get to GA. And we finally finagled enough to get there. But the I accepted Christ at GA. I remember that. And I remember the rich services of just feeling Christ enter your heart. And the music and the fun and the friendships. I remember I loved craft time. We had great crafts and great games. And it's something you can't get anywhere else. And a closeness you can't get anywhere else. So if you can support it and get children there, it's something. I remember those services. I mean, they're as clear as the day I was there in my mind. And it's such a gift. I'd like to offer a a little different perspective here. Um, This kind of follows on what Meredith had to say. That in the busyness of life nowadays, there is nothing that can speak to somebody with a louder voice than to be out in God's creation. I was not raised in church, uh, but I was raised camping. And my parent... I'm going to give you just a brief rundown. When I was eight, year old, eight years old, my parents sat us down and said, do you want a cabin at uh, Deep Creek Lake in Western Maryland, or do you want to camp? And we all said we wanted to camp. So we camped. I have seen so much of this country. We have been up and down the West Coast, the East Coast. We saw the amazing um, canyons and mountain ranges and everything, and And even though I wasn't raised in church, as an adult, I came to the place to know that God's creation was just was so majestic that there had to be something more. So these kids that show up at camp that look like they don't want to be there, that somebody has forced them to go there. God can speak to them uh, in that process Because, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. And I'm going to leave off the last part because that's kind of condemning. The point is, just this process of bringing together God and kids, even if you think the kids aren't going to hear it. Amazing things can happen when God speaks to these kids through his creation. All right. 
Last chance. Now I'm going to give you a thrill. <laughs> the first time I went to camp at Blowing Rock, Davy Crockett had just moved out of <laughs> off of the rock up there. So that was in somewhere in the, the 1930s. So uh, my father and mother... Uh, through five kids in the car, we left to go up there. We never didn't know what was up there, but we knew there was something going on. So we went up, and uh, we had uh, like a Saturday and a Sunday, which was uh, overnight. At that time, the buildings were almost in shambles. But uh, we didn't care. We think I think all of us slip in slip in the car. But uh, it was a good time. Saturday night we sat out out on the ground and watched the the thunder cloud down toward uh, uh, Lenore. And uh, the amazing thing that we got that. Uh, God was in this thing was he made the lightning come out the top of the the clouds the same as he made it go out the bottom. Now this was amazing to a kid that was about eight or nine years old. But uh, as time went along uh, in uh, 1975 Shirley and I put a mobile home up on the campground. And right after that, I was asked to uh, participate in uh, bringing the builders up to speed and uh, uh, put new carpet in, stuff like this. And I can remember that uh, at that time, a guy, Aubrey Hager from Shiloh, um, Al Thigpen from Concord Church, myself was asked to participate in this event. At that time, I was working where that I could get a truck that would cost nothing other than fuel. And uh, they asked if uh, I would take and haul a load of carpet up to the mountains. I said, sure. So Saturday morning came, and uh, I got my grandson, and uh, we headed off up there. The sky was just like it is today, beautiful sun, sunshine. We got up there, and if you ever heard tell of the rain coming down like pitchforks, it was coming down, and I mean sideways. And uh, so... I called and got somebody on the phone, and I said, what you want to do with this? They said, put it out in the yard. And I said, man, it is raining up there. He said, put it in the yard. So we pulled her out and put it in the yard and left it. Well, it did finally dry out after a few years in the camp. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that experience that I had with the camp and... Uh, 
we would take and go up on like a, a Saturday afternoon or a Friday afternoon um, talking about somebody having money. Mr. Thigpen had some. So uh, we enjoyed a coffee once in a while off of him and a sandwich. But we'd stay a couple of days up there uh, looking over the campground, looking over the buildings, determining what needed to be done, and along with other men of the of the uh, denomination. So uh, what you have up there now originally started off in pretty bad condition, but as time went along, things got great, and so we're reaping the benefits of children being able to go up there now and enjoying a place that uh, has really come alive for the last several years. Uh, the only regret I have now is uh, I'm not able to go up there and watch them enjoy going to the creek or walking down the road or whatever going on. But uh, praise the Lord that we have this place for children to go. And I pray that as we uh, seniors or us that have means uh, take a look at children that would like to go and uh, let's give them a hand and uh, get them out of here. <laughs> so uh, I'll leave it at that, but uh, praise the Lord for uh, a service like this. It gives us all time to reflect over life's situations. So uh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lawrence. Now, I have an hour-long sermon that I'd like to share with you. Now, uh, actually, what I'm going to do, um, rather than share the message now, I'm going to put it on the website in written form. I think the Lord has been really good to us this morning. It's been a really sweet time. I appreciate everybody who shared, and uh, I just want to encourage you to continue to share these blessings that God has brought into your life through camp or any other means with one another, and, and really be praying about and thinking about how the Lord might have you to get involved in camp ministry directly. And if you want to talk with me about that, I can get you in touch with the right people, and we can look at those opportunities. I, I'll share with you just one story to close the service before we sing our closing song um, that was going to be in the message. And this kind of ties it back around to some of the things we talked about at the beginning of the service. Um, I was reminded yesterday when I was with Tim Meisnick's family of those kids' experience at camp. Uh, several of them got to go to camp a couple of times while they were with us. Uh, one of those guys, a young man named Dawson, I, I actually got to baptize. He accepted the Lord just through our church ministry, our youth ministry. And at camp, he met a guy from Longsgrove Church named Colin. And I had totally forgotten that they had uh, really developed a discipleship relationship that spilled over outside of camp, where they kept in touch over Facebook and would do the same devotions together and uh, Colin really had a, a mentor-discipleship kind of uh, relationship with Dawson. And he told me one of the first things when all this happened was he got back in touch with Colin here a couple of years later. And just a reminder to me that, you know, we're called to make disciples of all nations. And that's not something that only happens at camp, obviously. I think camp is a focused opportunity for it. But God uses all these different means and all these different ways to bring that about. 
And you never know how that's going to work. But I've seen things like this happen through camp, where relationships will, will be cemented into place and then left, left in the background for maybe years and returned to when needed. And I saw it was a beautiful example of it that I, I had just totally forgotten about that I was reminded of yesterday. God planting seeds years ahead of time to give Dawson people who he would need now. So it's, it's really good what God does. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for a great morning together. I just thank you so much for the, the sweetness of fellowship you've blessed us with lately. It's, it's so, so great what you've done among us. And thank you for camp ministry, this, this endeavor that has developed over the years that has become uh, so significant for so many of us. We just pray for your blessings over it as we enter into camp season, the spring, the summer, that you would provide the leadership needed uh, for the camps to be fruitful, that you would protect everybody involved, um, that many people would come to faith in Christ through this effort, that many disciples would be made, that people would mature and grow, people would sense a call into missionary service, into uh, pastoral ministry, into uh, vocational ministry of different means, um, mainly just into a deeper, closer relationship with you. Make crystal clear for each one of us how you want us to be involved, maybe not at all in camp ministry, but how you want us to go about making disciples. Lord, we trust you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.